Real estate agents, you know what they're all about, right? Buying and selling. Not at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC. Sure, we can help you buy or sell a home, business, or investment property, but we also offer property management, rehab services, commercial brokerage, and more. So if you're looking for more than a standard agent, we'd love to chat with you. Feel free to peruse all our services at palmettoreg.com. And welcome in. This is Chad and minus Larry, but uh, got Dawn with us today with Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome in on this Friday afternoon. If you're listening live, we hope you are. And we welcome you into this episode of the Real Estate Pros broadcast. Thank you for being out there. And we know, I know this, there, there are new listeners out there. I've talked to you this week. So welcome into you as well. And look, if you listen before you get our show, I know you were encouraged like I was listening to Kevin talk about the Christmas season, Hanukkah season. Hopefully there's a more a little more love in the air. Uh, Dawn, what do you think? Um, well, I, I think that there should always be a little bit more love in the air, Chad. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's sad that we have to come to these seasons of love. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, sometimes we'll take it where we can get it, right? Th- that's right. If more generous, then great. Yes, it right. takes a little bit. And, you know, what's interesting, as Kevin was talking about how, you know, people should, should you know, say hello, say happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, all these things is great because, you know, even as much as uh, people, you know, we're kind of like have this Christmas season, there are Christians that I know that don't celebrate Christmas because they don't believe in, you know, the Christmas tree and the ornaments. So they just think it's just too much. Hey, but it's still okay. We can still say Merry Christmas. It's all good, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> don't tread on my First Amendment. That's right. It's, it's, let's be nice to one another. Whatever you're celebrating, even if it's nothing at all, let's be nice. And so uh, as we get into the show today, um, again, Larry is not with us. He's a little under the weather, so remember him. And uh, if, if, you're, if you're missing him, we're, we're going to try to do this without the wise one present today. But uh, as we do, that's right, we'll just have to be wise ourselves, Dawn. That's right. We have to channel our inner Larry. <laughs> That's exactly right. So what we're going to talk about today is what are the things that get in the way of a successful transaction? And, uh, you know, this is any real estate transaction, whether that be a commercial or residential transaction. And, well, you know, Dawn, we know that the economy. Go ahead. I'm let, sorry. Let, when you say transaction, let's be very clear. What things get in the way of a successful closing? Closing. You get it under contract and you get it to close. Good right? point. So what things get in the way of a successful closing? Yeah, because that's what we want. Uh, a transaction is one that's thing, right. but we want it to go to closing. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, beyond the economy, the interest rates, um, inventory shortages, you know, all these things that we've discussed on the show before, there are there are things that get in the way of of a successful closing um, in addition to that. And, you know, if you could think of the ways things go wrong in your life, you could probably add those to the mix there because it's the same, same, some of the same things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There are personal reasons. I mean, there, of course we know there are a lot of issues that we're going to be talking about today. So I won't even do that. Spoiler alert, but even personal reasons, like I had a transaction. It was my very first transaction ever. I was up in Alaska and uh, we had put an offer in. It was an 80-year-old man. 
Um, his wife had, you know, died about 10 years ago. He had this house that he brought his kids up with. And when it came to buying the new house, he like loved the new place, but it was just too much stress for him and his heart going through all of the, you know, things and memories of his house. And we got about two weeks before closing and he canceled it. And those were 100% you know, personal reasons. Don, I've had, I had the same thing earlier this year um, with a, um, a person I was working with that just couldn't, just couldn't do it. You know, just they, they tried to sell it themselves. And they were they were aggravated because people wanted to look. You know, it was a, the typical. I'm going to try to just do it myself. It'll be easier. So then they were going to hire a professional. They called us, and it was the same thing. It was just became overwhelming, and they just decided. I think I'm just going to stay here. Now they may come back around later, but um, still, it it does happen. And so, some of the things we're going to talk about is the the typical things that we see. And not just that we see, but statistically speaking, are things that get in the way of a closing. Now, obviously, the biggest thing is financing, um, because financing is one of those things that, you know, you have a, a third party uh, coming alongside or, you know, telling the buyer the things that are going to have to happen, the things that are going to have to be in place, the income that's going to have to be there, the credit score that's going to have to be there. They're going to have to provide documents, all these things. And um, so that's the number one thing. So whether you're selling it with a professional or yourself, that would be the first thing to look at is does the person qualify for the house they're trying to buy? I'm going to throw out a caveat there because I've got one right now uh, when and I'm working with the seller. And when we entered into it, the buyer, you know, they've got a USDA loan, which is a rural development government backed loan. And I was told the buyer is already underwritten. And we got um, to the day before closing when I found out the buyer. It was finally disclosed that the buyer is actually in active bankruptcy right now. And uh, they needed the bankruptcy court. (laughs) Yeah, bankruptcy court's approval. I'm like, wait a second, what? Like, Chad, the day before closing, okay? So, you know, I'm emailing the lender going, what's going on? And, and it's a third. I didn't know this, but USDA loans are third party underwriting. Oh, yeah. The lender that she's working with, which is a great lender. I've worked with the lender. And Dawn, before. this brings up an interesting point, because the more federal government is involved in the loan. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a the timeless principle that everyone can learn. Right. If the government is involved in any way or in a greater way, it's going to be more difficult. You know, it's like those famous words that Ronald Reagan said, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You know, they usually (laughs) throw wrenches into things. And I I hate to say that, but no, actually I don't because it's just a fact, right? (laughs) Conventional loans are typically easier. Well, we got the court bankruptcy to sign off on it last week. And I haven't gotten an update from the USDA underwriting since before Thanksgiving. Well, Dawn, I'm shocked. I'm just shocked beside myself in amazement. Actually, that's kind of typical. And you know what's crazy is the closer you get to holidays and and uh, off that, you know, it's not the same work schedule a lot of times with the people that are in those offices. They, you know, if it's, look, it's the 25th is uh, Christmas, right? They're going to have some off time. Well, we're probably beginning to take off right now if we're in the government. (laughs) We're we're starting the process (laughs) of taking off. Which means yes, I'm literally true. mentally gone <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. 
checked out, man. Yes. Checked out. <laughs> Left my bags at the door. I'm on the bus. So that's <laughs> that's one of the things is financing, just like you were mentioning with your loan. And you know, one of the things I would caution folks about, whether even if you're if you're a real estate professional or you're trying to sell your house yourself and you see a pre approval, there's a big difference in a pre approval and getting financing. Um, right. And so if you and, see a pre-approval, exactly. Yeah, pre-approval versus pre-qualified. That's correct. Exactly. But if you see um, a pre-approval or pre-qualification and it's six months old, you definitely want to call the lender mm-hmm. because there's a lot that can change in six months in your life. Mm-hmm. People, yeah. people could go buy another car. They could get in more debt. I mean, it could get better or the same, but there are chances that it could got, have gotten worse. You just need and to verify. 50 That's right. So these are some things to keep in mind. This is the financing side, and we're not going to dwell forever on the financing because we've had Erica call in a couple weeks ago and talk about financing. They're great people that you can get in touch with. But that's a huge one. That's probably the number one reason um, is financing. Something something changes or something falls apart. It's true. I know we've got a break in a second, but one of the things that I'm seeing in commercial loans now Our commercial uh, purchases, the buyers used to say, let me get it under contract and I'll get the financing. It's a tight money market right now. I haven't seen them be able to get financing yet. That is correct. Folks, hang on. We'll be back shortly. And we're back. This is Chad and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome in. And a quick reminder to join us online or, or through our podcast. If you go to palmettorealestatepros.com, you can pick up the, that podcast and, and our advertisers and uh, check out some other information. And uh, we are going to be starting a weekly newsletter. So if you're interested, go to go to that website and and um you know request to be added to our newsletter this is something we're going to be starting here probably in january so just a quick update of what's going on in the marketplace um kind of some show notes things like that so it'll be fun and uh dawn you're you're uh you'll be on the list i'm sure um and i'm just going to add you myself you don't have to request it i appreciate that thanks (laughs) so um (laughs) Also, I want to mention, I like being on the VIP list. (laughs) Exactly. You are on the VIP list. And um, before we get back into things that cause real estate transactions not to successfully close, I wanted to mention that we have our our drop-in coming up uh, December 14th. That's next week at Ambrosia's upstairs. It'll be fantastic. Oh, man. That was fast. Yes, it is. And so it comes up so fast. And so if you're interested you know, go on our website or send me an email or a text or something so that we can put you on the list so we know how many heads to count. Um, if you, um, my my cell phone number, 803-606-2848, shoot me a text, say, I'm in with your name and uh, contact information and how many people so we can get you on the list. And so, um, Dawn, too bad you're you're going to have quite a drive if you're going to make it to our <laughs> our drop in. <laughs> you're in California well, today, early, early. I 
I'm broadcasting from my California office. That's correct. And for the record, I don't think I would make that drive. No. I would probably fly. I do drive from my Idaho to California office. I mean, that's a pretty easy day drive. Well, but, um, you just got back yeah. from Italy, so I know that was great. And getting back on a plane and coming right back, uh, getting on another plane in December, I doubt is probably on the top of your list. It's, it's not today. It's not today. <laughs> not right. to say it won't be next week, but let me tell you real fast about Italy. I saw the statue of David. I didn't know it was almost 30 feet tall. Had no idea. Oh, yeah. We see the pictures. We think it's like a little figurine or something almost. It's yeah, it's big. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it was crazy. It was like so awe-inspiring. It made me verklempt. Wow. Well, let's get back into real estate because that's our show, right? This is good. This is good right. stuff because... Um, you know, this gives us the ability to go to Italy, right? The real estate, <laughs> these kinds That's of right. things, you know, our, right. our, what we do gives us the ability to have the free time and the things we enjoy, spend time with our family. And, uh, so, uh, but we want to make sure a property closes because this is how, when the, when the checks get dispersed, whether you're buying, selling, whatever, nothing is really happening as far as, uh, getting done until the property actually closes. And maybe before we get into the, you know, what prevents closings, what gets in the way of them, kind of a little bit of process in here, because whether it's a commercial or a residential property, you know, the, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to put my house on the market or my, my commercial property, and I'm going to sell it, get a big check. Um, that's a great idea. And that is what the idea is. However, there are things that have to happen before a property closes. One of those is you have to have a buyer and a seller negotiate a price that meets everyone's, you know, everybody's okay with it. Pricing contingencies, yeah. Mm -hmm. Closing date, how much is the earnest money down, how long is due diligence. All those things. things. Yeah, and then. If it's commercial, do the, yeah. Right, and once that's done, there's typically, it doesn't have to be in every single case, but most of the cases, there's an inspection period. Yeah, and you may call that the contingency period, whatever, but we'll call it, for the lack of a better word, an inspection period where people get to look at the product they want to buy. And so on. Do you know what happens during the inspection period on my contracts? What's that? I bust out the super glue and duct tape to keep oh, no. it together. That's right. Make it look good, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Got to keep that thing sticky together. Yes. Man. That is. That is the time that a lot of contracts fall apart. And you're you you're know? using that word figuratively because it's it's like that with the the deal itself not just the house it's the deal it's kind of sticky it's like you want it mm-hmm. to stay together but someone can come along so like in residential most people will hire an inspection company a third party to come and inspect mm-hmm. the house and what's interesting dawn is whether this is commercial or residential we tell folks look when someone makes an offer they're going to have a period where they get to look at the product and they're going to look at everything. You know, they, they're they going to check everything out. If they've got a good inspector, good contractor, they're going to look at everything. Because, look, if, if you're spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, you're going to want to know the product you're buying. And mm-hmm. so we tell people that. So we may give them the option. If you want to get an inspection before, we can go ahead and get one done and try to do some preventative stuff. Or just keep in mind, even if you have done that, people are going to probably find something. So I tell people, I used to actually always advise a uh, pre-listing inspection. 
And sometimes I still do, but I tell them if you do the inspection, don't get everything fixed. Get like the big things fixed, but leave the easy things for the inspector to find because it's the inspector's job to find things. And if you leave them things, easy things to find, then they don't look so hard for other stuff. That's exactly right. So on the last house, one of the last houses we did, um, we had that in the in the door uh, under the house. The access door under the house was kind of, it was in rough shape. The paint was peeling off of it. One of the bottom boards was kind of falling off. And we just left it. It was like, we know that's got to be fixed. We're going to leave it. And it was one of the few things on the inspection that was, you know, hey, you need to fix this. This is bad. And we knew that. And so you're right. You you don't you may not want to do everything on the list, but at least you know now what they're going to right. probably find. And they're going to probably find the big stuff. Like if there's um, a duct from under the house or under the property falling down and it's exposed, you know, you're going to you're going to know that's going to come back. And you're not going to know that unless somebody goes under your house in the Probably attic or, if there's uh, something. Most people don't crawl in their GFCI attic and under their house. <laughs> GFCI outlets are always a thing. Like if, it, if you haven't updated them, don't because the inspector will find them. And that's an easy one. <laughs> that's right. So these are some things you run into. And we tell folks to be anticipating this. And, um, you know, one of the um, – I, I sold a house, um, I guess, a month or so ago. And the guy – uh, was a businessman. He had even built houses in the past. And so I thought this will be easy. He knows how it works. And I told him how the inspection period, they're going to find things. And, you know, it's going to go this way. Don't be offended because they're going to find stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we got the inspection back, he was offended. Like, oh, my gosh, look at this stuff they found. We're like, you're right, but we told you they were going to find this. And there's nothing like major. I think the window seals, you know, almost... Right. Every house, if it's at over 10, 15 years old, may have a seal where you see fog inside the window. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll put that on the inspection report and, you know, those kind of things were on there. But uh, it could have ruined the deal because he was like, I'm not fixing anything. He was really mad. I'm like, look, just let's go ahead and fix these easy things. I think it'll solve the problem. And eventually it took a while. I had to kind of talk them down from the emotional, you know. Right. But it, it we did get it closed. This is one of the reasons... Yeah that you want to use a professional because they, they know the process. And the good thing about that is that you actually prepared him for it ahead of time. So you could say, listen, do you remember we talked about that? Imagine if you, if you hadn't pre-warned him about any of it, you know, just, it makes it a much more difficult conversation down the road. So it's good to have those conversations ahead of time. When I go over estimated net proceeds, I always include stuff for the inspections. Uh, the, the repair addendum for residential real estate because 100% of the time when we get that addendum list and, and the, you know look at it and there's a dollar sign attached to everything, of course, I say, hey, don't you remember though when we were going over the net proceeds? We've already allocated $1,000 to this. So it's already you know being accounted for in your bottom line. That's and great. And it's just one of those conversations that we have ahead of time to prepare them for the super glue and duct tape. <laughs> That's right. And this is why we're having this conversation now is because the things, if you know before you get there, that what the things that might get in the way of a, a transaction closing, then maybe you can prepare yourself in advance and say, hey, let's take that off the table. 
as much as possible. Now, some things you can't. Buyer's remorse, you know, somebody, you know, doing something crazy with their credit. I mean, you may not be able to do anything uh, for that other than preparing people. If you're working with buyers, that's certainly thing, something to, com- you know, to prepare them for. Hey, don't get anything new. Don't go buy a car. Don't do anything new. We talked about that with Erica several weeks ago. Is mm-hmm. This is one of the things a great lender is going to do. But you as a professional, if you're a real estate agent, certainly want to do this too. And uh, if you're selling your house yourself, uh, this is one of the things that, you know, maybe it's harder because you, you may not have direct communication with the buyer but it's something to be aware of yes (laughs) yes exactly Yeah. so i want to go back to that commercial thing we talked about right before the last break i am seeing commercial deals where um, it used to be super friendly lending terms you know you could go in with a zero down on a commercial or a 10 percent down on a commercial and get some you know kind of great interest rate and and so lending opportunities are changing and i remember back in 2008 i was about to buy a house down in texas and i'd been looking for a house for a couple months i finally identified the one that i want and just like the day before i put my offer in the banks withdrew the program the lending the loan program that i was buying the house with right you need to be aware of that so yeah and maybe even have a backup plan um, because you don't want that to happen. We had one that almost didn't close with another agent and they had to go with another lender. And thankfully the buyer or the seller, excuse me, was willing to extend the contract so that they had time to do that. But that's not a given, you know, you could end up with nothing if you don't prepare in advance. Mm -hmm. So you want to be aware of that. Stay tuned. We're going to delve into some more of these options or topics on the way back. Uh, about two minutes. Welcome back to the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Glad you're here with us today. It is 9.32 if you're listening live on this Friday morning, chilly morning here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, Dawn, you're in California. No, what What's Northern it like California. there at, what, uh, 6.30 oh, in the morning? <laughs> so beautiful. It is not cold. I mean, you know, depends on where you are, right? Um, it's not rainy. It was beautiful blue skies, a little bit crisp, but like in the 50s. Yeah. Awesome. Stellar. Stellar weather in California. You just can't beat it. That is great news. And we are talking about real estate, trying to get to a closing, trying to get to a transaction that actually closes. What are some things that prevent that? And uh, we've talked about lending. We've talked about inspections, uh, buyer remorse, these kind of things. And um, Dawn, one of them I wanted to mention, this is a different one. And this kind of goes back to the lender in a lot of cases the reason we mention the lender a lot is because the lender is kind of like an overlay. Um, anybody remember overhead projectors? All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so remember you have the overlay, you'd lay it over top. Well, this is kind of like a lender. You know, you have the buyer and the seller and they're like, hey, we're good to go. Well, guess what? The lender gets to say what happens with that if they're going to lend the money. And if you have a lender involved, they get to dictate what, uh, you know, some, some major things associated with that closing. 
And one of the things that we ran across this week with one of our agents, and I'll give a shout out to Jeff Stillwell, great agent. Hey, Jeff. He's yes. Awesome. But uh, they had one where it was well and septic. You know, they, you know, if you've got a property with a well and septic tank, it's probably going to have to be inspected. And what was interesting about this one is everyone knew there was a well and septic tank. Septic tank, no problem. No one could find the well. The well was missing, although they were using the well for water. And uh, it was like, where is this thing? So people had to get out there and dig up the yard. They finally found it buried out in the yard. And the, the way they found it is our agent went to the neighbor's house and said, hey, do you know anything about this well? Where is this well? He walked over and said, yeah, I know exactly where it's at. This is why you need an agent. (laughs) You know, the buyer's agent, the seller, everybody's like, what is going on here? No one can find it. We've dug up the yard. Where is this thing? And the reason they needed it, they needed a water test from the wellhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had the same problem with the septic. Couldn't find where the septic tank was. And I got a a text from the agent saying, hey, the septic people are sending out their uh, little cat tractor so they can dig around the yard. And I said, absolutely not. No, 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 no. That's not how you find a septic tank. That's how you crush a septic tank. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and and they're not going to dig up the the yard that they don't even own yet. No, they have a little rod. They stick in the ground looking for it, you know, and and searching for it. But this one, just like that, Dawn, it was interesting because, you know, the the pro- property was a, I believe it was a VA buyer, so you had a government loan, and they required mm-hmm. the water to be tested. They want to make sure that the person moving in the property has clean water to drink. Well, or, and I think what happened was the um, it tested and it had uh, some coliform or something in the water, and that's why they had to find the wellhead to chlorinate the system. And so, if it would have tested with no problem, it would have been fine. The new owner probably would have never known where the well was, though, the well hid. So I guess it was good in a sense, but it delayed the closing. It literally could have prevented the property from closing. Now, is that the fault of the seller? Eh, not really. Fault of the buyer? No. It's just one of those things that can get in the way of a successful transaction at the end of the day because the lender required it. I mean, but in a sense, that's good the lender required it. Don't you want clean water? Yeah, I think so. Most people. I like clean water. <laughs> yes. I think I would like clean water to drink. And, and so much of this stuff, though, also. So then, you know, let's talk to the buyer back afterwards. What do you mean there's, you know, fill in the blank in the water? Well, let's talk about a water filter, a water purification system. You know, there are certainly ways to, uh, to clean up the water to make sure that your water is potable. Exactly. And what it was is you, you, it's called a chlorination, a superchlorination that, that happened. And the, um, a water well company, you know, in essence, puts some kind of chlorination bleach in it, almost like bleach, to super clean the well out. And once it's clean and once they process the water, it's, uh, it gets a clean bill of health. And that's what happened. And, so everybody closed and, and was happy, and in this case, you had a happy selling agent, a happy seller, a happy buyer, and a happy buyer's agent because everyone worked together to get it done. Now, what would happen, Dawn, if you're the selling agent or the buying agent, and you just checked out and decided, you know what, this is too hard, I'm not just going to do the work to make sure it happens, this could be a reason a property not close. I, I, 
I probably shouldn't be in real estate if that's the case. If I'm just going to check out, which, you know, I've seen it happen before. It's beyond frustrating. <laughs> but, um, yeah, real estate's not for the, you know, weakened stomach. You almost have to have an iron gut to be in real estate at times. Yeah, we were talking about that last night, Don, because there are people that probably are not well-suited to be in um, a people business. <laughs> you know, so right. some people <laughs> need to right. do something we, else. When you say we were talking about, you mean you and I were talking yes. about it, which is yet, that's the fact, we were. <laughs> right, because, you know, this is a people business, and if you're going to get fly off the handle, get mad, like, how can you not find the wellhead? You're a, what kind of idiot are you? This is not conducive to a successful transaction (laughs) that's right that's right that's right so another thing uh title issues will cause that i've had some really bizarre title issues one of the title issues was we get um uh, the appraiser went out you know we get through inspection due diligence the appraiser goes out the appraiser called me and said hey um the deed says this is a life estate and i said what are you talking about well sure enough it's a life estate so the um the owner or the person who wants to sell the property owned the property he signed a life estate uh, signed the deed over to his kids giving him a life estate one of the children died hmm. and like 10 years ago and it never went through probate so now we're backtracking uh so everything's going through probate now and i mean the buyers have been nice enough to hang on it's been almost two months um you know, it's a slow thing, but title issues, just stuff that like, and I, it's not like I didn't check the title before I sent out the listing agreement because I did, but I didn't check the deed because that's not something I usually do. I check the title, it has his name on it. Great. It doesn't say life estate. One of those things we can't control. Right. Um, we, we check it those, when we have questions, yeah. you know, when, that's it. And, and, you, and having a great attorney is, is a great thing to to make sure if you're in the business or if you're not just to to make sure they can kind of do a a online lookup even or something um, because we've run into that as well we had um, I think we mentioned it uh, a few months ago on our show but someone wanted to sell their property the husband it was husband and wife um, they were both on the title the husband had passed and the woman the lady the wife wanted to sell the property sounds easy um, should be, but one thing was forgotten when they titled their property. This, this uh, in South Carolina, this this term, so and so with right of survivorship. This mm-hmm. right of survivorship means that it transfers automatically to the person who's now living. If that's not in there, it's not automatic, and it's going to go to the wife and all the heirs, and so that and creates drama. To do that. Right, it has to go through probate. Heirs have to sign uh, quick claim deeds or something, uh, so that they say, "Look, it, you know, mom can have the house. We're not interested." But that simple phrase wasn't in there, and so it's created a major delay in selling a property because you know we we can't we don't have clear title right now without all the the heirs signing, and there were a bunch of heirs, and so this is something. So it's not on the market right now because of that. As soon as that gets corrected, it'll be uh, back on the market. But, you know, it makes it impossible because it's going to cause a title problem when we go to close. That's it. Um, I've got another one that uh, it was a power of attorney. Um, the seller is in a hospital and his brother has the power of attorney. 
and we got a contract and we've got a great negotiated deal and we're coming to closing and the brother that has the power of attorney can't find the specific one for this house. So he can't sign any more of the documents, but the person who owns it is coming, you know, out of the hospital and moving back to South Carolina. And so we're waiting for a new power of attorney, but just, you know, these things that nine times, 99 times out of a hundred, they're fine. So the one time I don't say, please send me your power of attorney ahead of time so I can review it. So that's on me. I'll take it. Right. That's how it works. The one time that, um, he didn't have the right power of attorney for this particular house. He had them for every other house. You couldn't find the one for this house. Exactly. And, and our attorney shared with us that uh, he, he came across someone that was selling a property with a power of attorney. And he always calls to verify the power of attorney because a, a power of attorney, the actual legal term is, is you are the attorney in fact for. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the power of attorney is the documentation indicating that you're the attorney in fact. For this person, the person is supposed to be living that has that you get the power of attorney from. He called the person had passed that he had the power of attorney from and he had been closing other properties for them. And none of the other attorneys at this point had checked if the person was still with us. They had passed. And so the power of attorney passes with with the passing of the person who issues that that power of attorney. So. Because when you die, you don't need a power of you don't need an attorney. In fact, anymore. No, you can't. You can't allow anyone. Different issues. That's exactly right. So you're not alive anymore. So these are some things we run into that you just need to be aware of. It's in like you said, Dawn. Nine times out of ten, it's fine. You just want to verify first. Um, That's right. Well, in this particular one, um, I didn't even have the person with the power of attorney's phone number. I was working with his daughter, so it was her uncle and her father. And she, right at the end, gave me her dad's name and said, I can't do this anymore. you got to talk to him directly. I just got him a cell phone. So here's his number. Exactly. Happens so, sometimes. But, you know, that's why they pay us the big bucks. That's right. You're, you're a professional. Solve. That's right. The and so when we come make. back on the other side of the break, what I want to talk about a little bit is appraisal. Because appraisal is one of the reasons a property could get delayed or prevented from closing. And so this is something we're seeing a little more, a little more now because of where we're at in the market. Um, appraisal back in the pandemic was not the issue. Um, you know, things were appraising for way more than the asking price. And so now we may be running into a little different problem. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome back. You've got Dawn and Chad. I'm Chad. Dawn, you yes. with us? I'm I'm so with you, man. Okay, she I'm hasn't so fell asleep <laughs> in California, even though it's early. Thank you for hanging on to your Italy time while you uh, try to transition back into real world here. I mean, I've been up since 4 a.m., which is only 7 a.m. in South Carolina. So, I mean, you know, I went to bed early, got up early, still on that early time. 
I'm going to, you know, drop the Italy bomb a few more times. Yes, I was just in Italy. It was awesome. That's right. <laughs> you have to. It was wonderful, I'm sure. So it She's is. still in a foreign really country was. if she's in California. <laughs> That's right. You, yeah. you hear that, Dawn. Yeah, you're still in a foreign country. I, I hear that. I yeah. hear that. And, you know, actually there was a, uh, a something to go. Uh, they, were, they were trying to get California – to, to secede from the nation, my friends that live here, I'm like, well, that's a stupid idea. Who's gonna, who's gonna keep, who's gonna keep out invading countries? You know, California doesn't have their own army. <laughs> Sorry. But. Well, we, we will. Uh, California is a different world altogether, I, I believe. Well, so I do real estate here too, and mm-hmm. real estate here is very similar to real estate ever other, you know, in South Carolina. Just add a zero to the end of everything. Right. So. Um, yeah, have, homes are half a million. That's right. And, you know, the commissions may be a little different, but the process is pretty well the same. I mean, you're yeah. going to have contracts, you're going an offer, and the, that meeting of the minds yep. is on the... On Title the, issues. Right, the yep. same things. All the same things. Exactly. All the same things. Yep. And, you know, Dawn, we were mentioning, like, on a residential side, you have a contract, and typically it's a 10-day a due diligence period. Every contract may be different. Days. Ten business days in South Carolina. Right. And words matter because sometimes it's a 10 day and sometimes it's a business day, which means it's really closer to 14 days. And and this is one of the things we're talking days. about. What, what can mess up a closing? Not knowing the dates and what the contract says is one, <laughs> you know, kind of a big yes. one. You need to read the contract, oh, understand people. the contract that you're signing. That's it. And I always go over the contracts with the buyers or sellers before they sign them, my clients, before they sign them. So make sure all of their questions are answered. Make sure they understand exactly what they're signing. I can't tell you how many agents I hear about that do not go over the contracts with the clients. And, like, I just had a person, he just signed an option agreement with uh, with our company, Chad Palmetto, right? Hmm. And uh, and he texted me, like, two days later and he said, hey, are you sending me this other stuff? And then it comes out. He actually signed a contract with a different company in November, but he was told it wasn't a purchase agreement. And I said, well, send me over what you just signed. And sure enough, it's a purchase agreement. And I had a whole conversation with him about it. Like, you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. actually a great point. I mean, this is a little off the subject, but this it goes into exactly what you're saying. I had an, uh, one of our agents call me this week and say, you know, hey, I got this person that wants to work with me to help them find a house, but they sent me a contract they had signed. What what you know, an agency agreement, a buyer agency agreement with another, um, you know, brokerage. Uh, what should I do? I said, you don't do anything. You tell them, you know, they're in an agency relationship with someone else right now. And, uh, you know, once that ends or they get, you know, out of it on their by their own, you know, efforts or whatever. Course, but yeah. you don't want to interfere with that at all. Yeah. And uh, but the person just thought, well, I just thought I was just signing, you know, stuff so that they could find me a house. Well, you were. But either they weren't explained the contract really well or they didn't listen, which either one of those could be true. You know, there's yeah, a lot of times we have people sign advice, things, yeah. we explain it, and there's so much stuff to sign, they just kind of forget what they signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go over contracts sometimes, you know, three or four times throughout the course of, of the transaction. Because, Chad, you and I, like we real estate professionals, we have these conversations every day, multiple times a day. Most people only go over these types of contracts once every five to seven years. That's right. 
So you want to go make sure you look at it, make sure you read it. And one of the things we were talking about before the break is is appraisals. This is something that can get in the way of a successful transaction. So if you've got a property listed for $500,000 and you're the seller and you're working with a selling agent and you get an offer for $500,000 and the house appraises for four fifty, what do you do? You know, it, it's do you close and, and eat it or do you ask the seller or the buyer, excuse me, to pay the difference? You know how that's going to go, right? Um, so this is why, <laughs> right. again, it would be on the contract because an appraisal is not is not a contingency on a contract unless it says it's a contingency. Mm-hmm. You know, I've and seen on contracts where it's not checked either way, whether right. the appraisal, well, the property is contingent on the appra- uh, property appraising or it's not. And so if the well, property doesn't saying, appraise, it gives the person the ability, if it's contingent, to back out. It's true. And we're seeing lower appraisals come in as interest rates um, are going higher. Housing values are coming down. They're kind of getting a little bit flatter. And I've actually had an appraisal that came in $5,000 below asking price. And 5000 is substantial. It was a $175,000 house. And... I think we had it under contract and the appraisal came in at 170 and we went back to the buyers. I was working with the seller and we went back to the buyers and the seller said, I can't eat this other $5,000. So we renegotiated the buyer, the seller concessions in uh, that the seller was helping out the buyer with some closing costs. So basically what and you we, did is help the deal stay together. That's you know, it, and this is what, tape, this man. is what, what good agents do. They try to keep it together because you know, just saying, well, getting offended and saying, I can't believe that appraiser is not usually going to help you that much because, you know, you're 30 days in or whatever, however long it's been. Um, and now you've got this appraisal that's low. What do you do? Because you, you can know, get mad about it, but the lender's not going to lend more than the appraised value. Well, that's it. But I've actually, so when I was up in Alaska, I had an appraiser call me and say, um, it was a house that was four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and they were going to appraise it for four sixty-five. And the uh, people had just refinanced the house like uh, eight months earlier, and they had that appraisal. And in the meantime, the sellers had gone in and updated the pink walls. They painted them beige and took out the royal blue carpet and put in nice neutral carpet. So they had actually improved the property since that last appraisal. And I challenged the appraiser and said, this is what it looked like when it was appraised for $5,000 more than what we've got under contract for. And uh, sent the supporting documentation to the appraiser. And the appraiser actually changed their evaluation. Well, this is good because it it reminds me of a word that if our listeners aren't familiar with it, Tidewater. Um, This is when you have a VA appraisal and it doesn't appraise for the, you know, for the contract price the um the va appraisal or the mortgage company will issue tidewater and it's basically saying hey we can't this house is underwater we can't get the appraisal Um, and so they give you an opportunity to to supply supporting comps or documentation of why it should appraise for more and we've had this go both ways you know where you try to supply the the appraisal with more information or or new comparable properties that have sold, like you were saying, new information that maybe wasn't on the on an appraisal we had, and get the appraisal up. 
And uh, we just had right. this a couple of weeks ago with one that was low and the selling agent um, and the appraiser got in a verbal fight, um, you know, on text. And uh, oh. we were shared some of the, and it's just like, what are you doing? Why? Right. <laughs> this is not helpful <laughs> you know, to, to a closing. People shouldn't be in real estate. Right. <laughs> and so our buyer agent contacted the, the appraiser and said, look, I'm so sorry. I want to do everything I can to help you. What can I do to help you? And so it changed the whole dynamic and it actually appraised the property. I think it was like 290 or something like that for the list price. And he said, I want you to know this is in spite of the relationship I have with this listing agent. Man. I mean, that's just good deal. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah. held it together. That's the point, right? But th this is a major issue that comes up sometimes is appraisals. And we're seeing it more right now with VA appraisals. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because of, it's a government issued loan and they're borrowing basically a hundred percent with a veteran. That's probably one reason. Hey, be very cautious on these appraisals right now. That's probably some word they've gotten. But um, something to keep in mind, you know, the appraisals are kind of one of those other overlays. You're not in control. The lender's not in control. It used to be years ago before 2008, 2009, the lender chose who the appraiser was. And now it's like they have to go into a system and order the appraisal. They don't know who's coming out to do the appraisal. Uh, a little more arm length transaction for that. Right. But this is something that we see, you know, appraisals. And you just got to be aware that this is something that can come up. And before we go, we only have about 30 seconds. But I want to remind folks of our Christmas party coming up December 14th to contact me. Text me 803-606-2848 if you're interested in coming. Dawn, you are invited. No matter how far you have to go, you're still invited. I'll send my Christmas cheer. <laughs> That's right. Your Christmas cheer. I I'll take it. And we'll, we'll wish okay. you a Merry Christmas. And all Merry you guys Christmas. out there listening, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, uh, it's worth saying hello and being nice and friendly. Join us next week, and you can join us anytime, palmettorealestatepros.com.